This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Pro Flowers. Get 20% off a unique summer rose bouquet or any bouquet purchase of $29 or more by visiting ProFlowers.com and entering promo code BADCHRISTIAN at checkout. Today's show is also sponsored by Hubble. Get quality daily contact lenses for half the price of the other guys. Just go to HubbleContacts.com and get your first two weeks of lenses for free. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Yo, I'm talking about three, two, one. Joey's fencing, get it done. Let me tell you about Bad Christian, Bad Christian, Bad Right. I always thought I should have added a little bit more growl to my singing. People always think like if you growl when you sing, you are unbelievable at singing. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You know, I've had that. I've had that same thought, except about sex. I need to add growl a more. Growl no, you need to, to growl less oh, during sex. You I don't imagine. growl. Wait, you, you mean how old are you? You just turned forty, and you're saying you don't growl in no, sex? No, I need more growl. More. I growl. need more of it. Oh, more. What What is yeah. your current growl level? You, uh, I'd say every you just minute. Show it? Just show us the minute. current growl level, uh, volume level that you do. Well, first of all, I hold my breath for most of it. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> Me too, my friend. Me too. Just hold my breath. <laughs> that That's Dude. true. But breathing is the weirdest thing because, I mean. Oh, God, I, is it? Man, it really is. I, I think I'll you, be doing a set of push-ups, and Priscilla is literally <laughs> in the room with me, and she says, Breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I'm doing tasks like, okay, so skateboarding and guitar playing, when I'm practicing or training or learning a new skill, I I never, never breathe. Like I hold my breath out. Like yeah. when I, whenever I would skateboard and try to learn a new trick. And I imagine when you said that made me laugh when you said that about sex. I bet it's, I, I never really noticed it, but I bet you I'm holding my breath a lot. When I'm really concentrating, I stop breathing, basically, is what happens. On a new skill that's physical, I really do stop breathing. I'm, I'm sure you're right about that. <laughs> that is funny. I think I do a little bit of that, too. Yeah. Like, I notice it sometimes. Like, yeah, if I'm really, fo- it's when I'm focused on something mm-hmm. or trying to pay attention, I'll go, I'll realize, oh, I, oh, I got to breathe. Yeah. Like, it comes exactly. up like the last second or something like that. Well, the crazy thing about sex, too, is not only are we wanting to enjoy ourselves, but we definitely are super careful to keep them in any sort of mood that they're already mm-hmm. in. We it's want it to be, it be we tense, want them so. to stay there, you know? So we're, it's almost like eggshells, yeah. you know? We're, yeah, we're no, yeah, I, I get that. And I don't, you know, this isn't even my favorite topic, but it, <laughs> I told Toby this before, but it's kind of true to me that I have a hard time, this is going to sound so stupid, but maybe somebody out there in the world will identify with me. One. I one have a hard will. time enjoying sex only because <laughs> it is hard. Uh, let's see if I can explain this. <laughs> I'm actually struggling. Well, I mean, I know, it sounds like I'm saying something stupid, like I don't like it or enjoy it or something. It's not that I have a hard time fully enjoying it because. It's so, this is like me being logical minded and the way that I am analytically, It sex is not that, right? Like that, um, What, what right. are you upset it's, about all the babies you're throwing away? No, no, nothing like that. I'm saying it's not an analytical thing. It's a animal thing. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's like, so I go, oh, I'm about to have sex. You have, maybe you have to edit this, but you have told me. That because I I said something about uh like I, I was just joking Here around go, and yeah. I said I said something about hey would do you guys like if you have monkey butt like do y'all go ahead and take a shower if you're gonna hit on your wife and Matt 
Matt like got really serious and he's just like, you know what? He said, for me, I kind of see sex as something like cavemen do. Yeah, and I right. just want to get inside <laughs> of that mentality. Right. right. He's like, I just want it to be like two animals. Going. No, it is. No, I'm <laughs> right. not saying I want it to. I'm saying it is like that. That is you yeah. go into some mode like a shark when its eyes roll back in its head or something. Yeah. It's primal. Sex is a primal thing. It's not something that my normal way I think and talk right now is like, oh now I'm doing this. Like all that that kind of stuff goes away. And so there's almost it's so profound for me, this mode that I have where I'm speaking and using my my prefrontal cortex and talking and doing all the stuff that I do and enjoy. And then that, which I love and really enjoy and want to do and have a strong drive for, there's a dissociation for me to where I went after I'm done. I'm like, I, dang it. I forgot to think about it and enjoy it. Was I really there? Did that just happen? Like <laughs> I, it, after it's over, I'm like, okay, now me again. And I think I, I dissociated with the event. Like I don't remember it happening. I try to go back imagine, and think about it. Imagine <laughs> I mean, how many, Imagine how many happy husbands there would be if all wives did what you just described. <laughs> no, I'm just saying <laughs> they go into animal I, world. No, it no, is. Totally That's what agree. it's like. It's a yeah. primal animal yeah. thing, and it's not. It's not. It's not that normal. It's like it's like when you see a dog devour a food and not enjoy it. He goes, <laughs> and he looks at you like, "Can I have some more food?" Like that's what I feel like. I was like, wait, right. shit! I forgot to enjoy that and taste it and and have fun, and I forgot to do all those things. I was just going, Ugh. you know, like oh, I'm here. Like it's some other version of Matt that I don't have my, connection with. <laughs> mine feels more like uh, if it, like when we first were a band and you're about to play a big show, your first big show, and, and everything kind of zooms by you, and all I can do, yeah, like, like I don't. That. You're right. Like I'm thinking about everything. So at the end of it, I go. Well, there was that one thing, but I, like the whole thing is almost a blur. A blur and I don't even. Right. It's I don't, a blur. Like, I definitely don't enjoy the whole thing. Like, yeah, like the right. whole thing is like. Yeah, there's right. moments where I'm like, oh, this is awesome, but then I got to do this. Oh wait, we're moving to this now. Oh, yeah. oh my god. Oh, and then it, you're right. Then it's just oh, oh, oh. It, and you like, just go uh, primal. Yeah, it's hey, Matt, like, didn't Seinfeld say that something like that on one on one of the Seinfeld shows? It's like a car wreck. It's like I don't remember. I was here, and then I was there, then all of a sudden we were facing right. the other direction. I don't know what's happening. Like I don't know. I don't remember. Hey, Matt, I don't know what's happening. Matt, I'm glad you're alive. I'm just glad to have survived it. <laughs> Matt used dog, uh, a dog as an example of something, and it reminded me of something that I need to tell you guys. Um, obviously, a lot of you listeners have heard my dog kicking story. To make a long story short, there was like a, a dog. I think I'm it's been almost several animals now. I'm almost positive it was part pit. But anyway, it <laughs> ran after me, and then it went up to my son, who I was pushing in a jogging stroller. And that, While his I tail was take. wagging. Yep. So, I, so I stop, and I drop kick the dog in the face. And it ran off, and the owner got really mad. <laughs> but anyway, you guys asked me at the time. Thank you y'all for said, recapping what? the story. I actually appreciate it. Right. Yes. Keep going. Right. You guys actually asked me at the time. Y'all said, well, what did Wayland do? And I said he cried. <laughs> uh, but, but here's the long-term results. So we have a cat now, and it's an adorable cat that gets a little frisky, gets a little crazy, and all the kids are a, a little heightened awareness on when the cat's going to pounce at them. And even though she's playing, it still hurts them because the cat bites and scratches and everything. Right. So the other day, I witnessed this same kid that was in the jogging stroller with me the cat jumped up and bit his sister. His older sister the fuck actually kind of cat says, do "You have Get, kill that thing, oh, get rid of." So, so uh, his older sister actually expresses like real fear and ouch, and so he immediately zero hesitation kicks the cat in the face. <laughs> I, oh my god! What and I in the world are you doing with I, that cat? Immediately, I said, "Waylon, you cannot." 
kick the cat. I said, the cat does not know any better. It's playing with your sister. You cannot. I mean, I almost jumped on him at such a deep level. It probably caused a little bit of, of shame. But I realized he's just a chip off the old block. You know, if, a, if you an love animal that steps cat out of so line, much that you kicked him in the face, <laughs> and then Priscilla so kicked you, you in the face, and so thus you, goes the cycle yeah. of violence. That's how that. Well, works. this whole this whole cat and mansion thing, you know, th- those are two things that have really changed in my life. We Why have do you cat, have that have cat? I don't understand that. What kind of person wants a, a animal that An attacks and bites and bounces, no, 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 and you just defend the thing and say I was playing? I mean, get rid of no, that no, thing. No, 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 it's. No, it it literally happens like once every hour. <laughs> it's no, seriously, big. why would you have this animal? <laughs> no, it's a kitten. That's it's very typical of kittens. Like if yeah, if but I mean you sleeping, you, would, you will kick it's a friendly a, dog, but you invite a dog, an animal that actually attacks right. you to but live it's with being you. Being playful, it's just scary for the kids. It's not scary for me. I've had cats before. No, I mean it actually them, is scary for them. <laughs> right, it's scary for your kids. Well, that's the kids like, love the cat. Like Joey's response is, it's just scary for them. Like, that's horrific. <laughs> Their father brought in an animal that attacks them occasionally. Wow, they would be, they would be devastated. The in situation. They would that's be bizarre. devastated. <laughs> All right, so I, I'm going to have to tell y'all a really bad secret that I'm very embarrassed about. Oh, boy. About this cat. So here's <laughs> how we gut this cat. We uh, Priscilla looks up on Craigslist for some outside furniture. She likes what she sees. She goes to the place to pick up the furniture and pay for it. Well, this cat comes walking up. It's a, it's what you call a ragdoll cat, which are super nice, expensive cats. And so she falls in love with this cat. She asks the owner all sorts of questions, and you know, it, it, she can't get her mind off this cat. She grabs the furniture. She comes back home, and she just cannot stop thinking, we got to get one of these cats. So she asked me, hey, do you think it'd be weird if I call this guy back and ask him questions about his cat? And I was like, no. I mean, if he does, he can just hang up on you. So he calls, and then his response is, well, to be honest with you, I got this cat because they're not supposed to uh, affect people that are allergic to cats. He said, I'm allergic to cats. I will sell you guys this cat for the same amount of money that I bought her for. I won't try to make any money off of it. Do you know how much money we paid for this cat? Oh my lord! I don't like this. Six hundred dollars. How much? How much? Six hundred dollars. Are you insane? Six hundred dollars for a cat? Six hundred dollars. I mean, it's Look, those I'm not cats gonna freak cost. Out and yell. I'm going to quietly sit here and say, "What's going on, brother?" Yeah, is this like a thing where you're like, I got to do this, or right. I, this is my last chance to save my marriage? Like well, Priscilla so wants here, it. Do you have done? a financial like uh, a, a problem, like where you All right, so, midlife crisis, so here, and you have to spend a bunch of money no, to just to feel no. okay in the morning, or what's going on? <laughs> no. So the situation is, we had just sold our house, and so not only did we have enough money to put away for an emergency fund, we had money to put away for uh, all sorts of stuff. That's Dave Ramsey's just, thing, right? You do emergency fund, pay off all debt, and then expensive cat is the next thing. Yeah. All priority. <laughs> and then college fund and other stuff after <laughs> right, that. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I'm, uh, it is kind of embarrassing, but I do <laughs> I do tell people that, and it really is because Priscilla could not get out of her... Because the temperament of these cats, <laughs> when they grow older, they're extremely cuddly. Like, you pick them up and they they just collapse in your arms. They act like a puppy. They, what they kind of follow cat is you this? around the house. It's they are it's called, called a ragdoll cat, and okay. they actually, if you research them, they cost about eight hundred dollars. Uh, but anyway, so you got a deal. Why did the yeah. guy want to get rid of his? Wow. <laughs> 
It was because constantly he was a, attacking him. <laughs> scared the shit out of everybody. Yeah, that, that dude was scared he, as shit. He was scared he was shitless allergic. He was about the allergic. damn cat. Every time he walked outside, the damn cat was on him. Well, anyway, I, no, I'm no, no why did he want to get rid of it? Because he was allergic to it. Allergic These cats, it. basically, uh, most people that are allergic to cats are not allergic to this one. Um, so that being combined with the temperament of it and just how unique the cat is, I mean, Priscilla just couldn't stop. And I was just like, look, if you think this is the cat that, that we should get, that you, cause she's like, I don't want to just buy a cat. I want to buy a cat with a personality that I like. And I like this mm-hmm. cat. So at the time when you have an extra $10,000 laying there from selling a house, you Good think, God. you think $600, yeah. uh, right make everybody happy the kids are jazzed and all that but still when i tell people six hundred dollars when most people get their cats for free is this the same wife you you went the joe lostein route you just get stuff for yourself don't help don't use that ten thousand dollars to help people get (laughs) he looked around there's nothing in the world that needed it but this is the same this is the same wife priscilla who you refused to let get a uh second key to her car to save money right <laughs> with keyless entry right? i figured all this that out i got that right? for okay i mean it was it was after we separated for a while <laughs> okay. about that okay. and then i decided to get it for I, I love your stories joey that like you you knew when you paid six hundred dollars at some point you'd have to tell us but you've waited <laughs> as long as you can just i mean like there's some stories like you will always end up telling the truth about stuff but you knew when you handed that guy six hundred dollars Shit, I'm gonna tell man yeah. Hubby this, and they're, they're just gonna. I know exactly what they're gonna say. Let me give you a word of advice on what you should definitely have done instead of get cat. If you're trying to make your wife happy, you should have definitely sent her some pro flowers. That is what yeah. would have been. It would have been much cheaper. She'd have been much happier. You wouldn't have had to care for the flowers for ten to seventeen years with the lots of emergency bills and all the stuff that's coming your way, my friend. You should have got right. her pro flowers. That's what I do. Uh, that's what I like to do. I like to do it at surprise times when it's not expected. And I think that's how everybody should buy their flowers. Don't get it on Valentine's Day. I mean, maybe do that, but do it out of the blue. Do it anytime preemptively before you get in trouble for something else. When it, you know, Don't do it just to get out of jams. Do it proactively with Pro Flowers. Pro Flowers wants you to help surprise someone for no reason at all while also surprising you with a very special deal for our listeners. So that means you can get 20% off any of their unique summer rose bouquets or any other bouquet of $29 or more. Their colorful rainbow roses are always a hit. If you aren't sure what to send anybody, that's what, you know, just get the rainbow roses. That's really neat. So they, my family loves them. When they come, they, these things last a long time. They're beautiful. They smell good. The daughters play with them, everything. So Pro Flowers bouquets are guaranteed to stay fresh for at least seven days or get your money back. And you control the delivery dates. What's great. It gives you more boom for your buck. Big, beautiful flowers with more stems for your money. To get 20% off summer roses or any other bouquet of $29 or more, go to proflowers.com and use our code BADCHRISTIAN at checkout. That's proflowers.com, and the code is bad Christian. Don't wait. Make somebody's day. So, yeah. All right, well, I, that's I'll, I'll just say, 
But yeah, you know, I, and I do mean that the cost. If you invest in an animal, like you pay up front for it, you get all freaked out about. Oh, I paid a thousand dollars for a dog or whatever it is, right? And maybe it's worth it. But here's the problem: when you sink money into an animal up front, you now have the bad uh, emotional bias of being tied to it even more so. So you definitely can't get rid of it, and you've already invested this much money. Now you're going to get it good food. You won't deny it to medical. You know what I mean? Like you've already, yeah, you'll be into this thing. I mean, it'll cost you $6,000 before it's over, no doubt. Nah. Oh, um, 100% with food. and so You can't get this cat that oh, you spent gotcha. $600 yeah, yeah. for, and now it needs shots, and now it needs teeth clean. I mean, it'll be st- you'll, you'll be so heavily invested in this particular animal. Did because you just you start, say that we're going to clean our cat's teeth? If they start rotting and it's in pain when it's seven, yes, you will. Oh, you'll, wow. you'll, you'll pay to have something Stitch, done to its damn stitches teeth. Stitches for your kids point. after she yeah. scratches Your them. kids are going to love it. Yeah, think about all the medical costs for your kids for injuries for just the cat alone. <laughs> That's going to be a lot. Hey, Joey, speak, speaking of uh, things that you don't tell, is there anything else you're hiding from us? Yeah. What else are you hiding? Like, from do you us? know? Is, is there something like that you've done in the last two months? You're like, oh, I'm gonna seem this is gonna be terrible, and I have to tell the guys. Is is there anything like that you're hiding right now? I don't tell or y'all just, everything. I don't tell y'all I, everything. You eventually <laughs> do. No, I, I mean, don't. Sometimes I a don't. decade and, later. And Joe, and Joe what learned, could be worse listen, than telling, listen. holding out, telling us that you showed Virgil your penis? You eventually told us the head. That so there, there can't be anything me that, crazier than that. To me, that wasn't embarrassing. Honestly, <laughs> that's why you didn't tell anybody for two decades. <laughs> that was like a kind of a normal Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, li- listen. I consider you guys two of my best friends. Two but of they're, the fuck. There are certain times when I think I'm going to ask Matt and Toby about such and such, and then I'm like, no, those are two guys are the ones I'm not going to go to. <laughs> That's oh, goodness. Because I can play it out in my head what you guys would say, and the conversation wouldn't go anywhere. And so I, I go to. But you, you know what? I don't. You know I don't what? Think that's true. I, th- I think we joke with you, but I do think we give you good advice. You're too. definitely dependable. I'm not saying when I and I think good de- good advice. Let I me mean, tell we don't you bust something your balls about, about that. a scratching cat. Yeah. We don't really care about the cat. I don't even care that you honestly that you spent six hundred dollars. That's not that well, big. Well, here, here's here's the thing: is I think that sometimes people reach a low level in which they don't need to be instructed, reprimanded, disciplined, or anything like that. They just need to be told, hey, I understand you're going through a hard time. I'm so sorry, and that sort of thing. You guys don't have that level where you're willing to ditch everything else and just be 100%. Yeah, this is not the right time to give Joey a pep talk and tell him what he should be doing differently. This is just a time to listen to everything. Y'all don't have that level, and that's okay. But if I ever am at that level where I don't want, uh, you know, advice. to be talked to <laughs> and advice, and yeah. you know, I'm going to give him tough love and everything, I'm not going to you guys. Uh, no, I hear you. Okay, I'll tell. Can, can I tell you something that's embarrassing? I'll, I'll tell y'all something that I had with 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 all the hurricane stuff that that you know with Houston and everything else, the the, the new one with Irma and stuff. That here comes man, a joke, everybody. I, no, I'm being 100 percent serious. There was part of me that like this. This makes me seem probably. Uh, shitty but there was part of me that like hoped somehow my the, so we've tr- been trying to rent our condo in charleston and it just hasn't rented it hasn't sold we've been paying you know uh we've been paying that mortgage and our rent on uh, at the same time so it's just you know we're hemorrhaging money and uh there's part of me that really wished that the hurricane would destroy our home so no. i could get out of it like i mean i didn't really want bad stuff to happen 
to people or anything like that. And, you know, and I don't, obviously flooding's horrific and all that stuff, but like if, if there was a way for a natural disaster just to happen to our condo, so like it would be covered by insurance and we would, could be done with it or whatever, just get money, that'd be totally the most amazing thing. Like, for example, like when, uh, if you've had an old car and it got hit or messed up, you're able to get money for mm-hmm. it, full value for it, and you know, and then you could buy a better car or keep the money, whatever you want to do. So th- there's a part of me that was like that, and then uh, from that thought, I actually had this pretty bad thought. Okay, M- Matt, you probably can go here with me, Joey. I think you can too. But see if you can see where my thought was. I when I was thinking that, I was like, it popped in my head that you know how they say prayer statistically kind it doesn't really work or it mm-hmm. happens yeah. if you didn't it's the same amount of good good stuff happens right you know somebody's cured from cancer whether you pray or not the same amount or you know what i mean like right. statistically i i was wondering could you do a test on the opposite side of it and like pray for sinful things like you could you take like one month and pray for really bad stuff to happen and see if it if it statistically worked or didn't work too like would that also show that like it it was a really terrible thought. Like, does prayer work? I guess, or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, because we, Joey and I were talking the other day. Joey was kind of bummed out. So many people he knows have been sick. Uh, you know, whether it be in his church or family, friends, or all this stuff. And it, it's really hard to pray sometimes when you, you feel like, well, is that they've been, they're terminal? Am I praying for healing? Should I believe in healing and stuff like that? And I was just thinking, could you, could you test that too and just pray for bad stuff? Like, no well, matter what, like. Here's the here, here's the problem that I was discussing with Toby too is I feel like and and this is this is awful and I think a lot of people would discredit me as a pastor and maybe even people at our church would be like wow that's really discouraging but I'm at a place now to where at least for me I don't have time for this mentality of hey we are just going to believe and God's going to do it we're going to have faith. Now, if someone's daughter is in the hospital and it looks like she may die and her parents take on that attitude, I'm going to be right there with them and I'm going to have faith alongside them. But for for me to take that as like a formula and run with it now, I mean, it's just it's mathematics. The times that I have been around families with that mentality, 0% of the times has it come around and has there been miraculous healing? So at some point, you just get to a place where you're like, no, if someone looks like they're going to die, they're, they're going to die. And it's, right. and, it's, and it's just because I see the damage that happens to people when they actually take the route of believing in only one outcome, and that is that God is going to heal. And I just, man, it, I don't have the strength for that anymore. Mm-hmm. So are you at a point now where you're just thinking just any outcome? You're just praying for... You, when when you're there, do you just pray for God's will? My my point was more like, could you could you pray for bad stuff? Like God, let me rob this store and get away with it. And it, it's the same no, amount of time. Theo, it, well, why it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be any different than pay, praying? But for I'm stuff saying the same. Good. Right. So I mean, it would it would actually mean that you know, uh, it, uh, unless God stopped you every single time you sinned, you know what I mean? Or like you know, you you tell God I'm going to do this, and He worked a miracle in your life and kept kept you from doing any bad stuff not that anybody would do it it was just a, a silly thought mm-hmm. but I, I it did lead me into thinking about you and just like that idea of what are we praying for like right. are, are are like just praying that somebody would live is 
about us. I don't know if that is about trusting God or anything. Of course, if Jess or my kids or you guys, anybody that I knew or whatever was really hurting or sick or anything, I, I, I will pray. I have prayed. Right. Oh, I do totally. pray. I'll and, still and pray I, for and you. I do have, yes, and I do have hope in, in God. But it is sometimes disappointing when somebody's so strong, hey, we're going to do this, and they are going to be healed, and then they're not. And you're like, wait a minute, what were we praying for? Right. Are we praying for God to move in any way, or are we praying for the healing? And it's hard. And then that that leaves a lot of people, especially non-Christians, yeah. like your God isn't strong. You can't, your God yeah. can't even stop a disease. See, this is part of the the problem that we have as a society now, I guess. And it's this, it's this weird thing where you I can't really – I'm trying to get a grip on it, but – how does the like? I get the idea of you double down and be overconfident and make it so that that will increase some good things for you. That is true. I mean, that in general to double down and be extra confident and believe and act as if is an effective strategy to some degree. But on the other hand, like in this case, that person, how can they not conclude afterwards when it didn't happen that they were wrong or this doesn't work? Like, and that's the problem we have with politics and, and the tone of the whole nation and everything is no matter what, everybody keeps stringing themselves along. Oh, eventually these people will see that they were wrong about being right wing. No, there is no right. eventual. This lady will right. never believe. She will never go, you know what? I did try that a hundred times and it never worked. I was wrong. That I doesn't know, hey, happen. And to so to support right. your point, to support your point, I've actually heard a pastor that's that a Toby real and I problem. Both both know well, and his mentality is when things don't happen according to God's promises, you don't let your circumstances change your mind about God's promises. How right. dare you? See, let, yeah. And I'm like, if it ha- if if you are constantly seeing God's promises that that you are reading as here are the things where God's going to deliver, if you constantly see Him not delivering, maybe you're not reading this correctly. Right. Let me like, see if maybe I can there's a problem with your belief. Let me see if I can expand it into a general phenomenon because it's a real. I really see it as a problem. Um, it's okay. So this may shift topics a little bit here, but but uh, the same way that that lady isn't, she's not going to reverse her course. She's going to double down further and say it was this, it was this. She's going to look for an excuse. She's going to have motivated reasoning. It's very rare that people go, oh, I had that wrong. Like, and I would like to urge people that being wrong is kind of a good thing. Like, it's kind of right. what you want to be is wrong because then you can be right after that. So I think being – I know everybody out there says, you never think you're wrong. I get it. I know. I'm saying it's hard for everybody. And I'm wrong plenty of times, but I don't think I am when I'm not. So I'm not sorry about the times I'm right, <laughs> by the way. Um, you know what I'm saying. But – and in a lot of situations, you actually get into a, a, a pin down. Look, so for instance, and I'm not trying to talk about this Twitter thing, but we had a bunch of people being over-engaged with Twitter and being, uh, you know, hassling us. I don't even want to call them trolls because I think they're actually probably well-meaning people. But they had some facts wrong about who we are and what we do and blah, 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 stuff like that. And so then you get them to the point where you're like, no, no, you have the, the facts totally wrong here let me explain them and show them to you and then you do it's not really a matter of opinion it's a matter of people had wrong facts thought one thing we're trying to make a certain point turns out it's not true um and then even when you demonstrate to that person they have that opportunity at that point to either be wrong here's the three choices you can be wrong you can be uh stupid and not even understand 
what's going on, or you can be dishonest. And those are the only paths forward when you're confronted with the reality, like like the prayer one or some of one of your political views. You say, oh, this will be good for the economy, then it's bad. And you go, well, but now you're going digging for other reasons, whatever. So you're either going to be dumb you're, and just not make sense or be logical, but just accept some dumb argument, or you're going to be dishonest. And in order to save face, you're going to double down or come up with answers that you know aren't true, but you'll save face and you won't have to reverse course. You won't have to admit you're wrong, or you can be wrong, which is not bad. And in fact, the moment you realize you're wrong and acknowledge it, you start to become more right, which is what people seem to think would be the the good thing is to be right, to be honorable. If you're seeking to be right, the fastest path to it is to know when you're wrong. Now you're closer right. to right. So, you know, and th- but this is the problem we have with Christianity, politics, and even in the personal realm now, it's like everybody's all about their reputation or their defensiveness. And it's like this tone of the country and everybody's like, no matter what, fight, push harder, double down more. And you got to blame, I mean, you got to blame Trump on some level for that because that's yeah. his tactic. And he's put everybody else into the zone of acting that way. Like he knows double down, triple down, go obnoxious. And the other people go, well, it's going to be somewhere in the middle. So we have no choice but to go triple far the other way. And we know it'll land somewhere in the middle. Well, that's kind of bullshit. It's not true. It's not truth seeking. It's not healthy. And it must be like the tone of the country is all just up in danger mode. Like where we're all operating out of these weird, uh, you know, primal type of thinking or something, but it's really a mess, isn't it? Yeah. No, I totally, I totally agree. I just, I, you know, and and especially through spiritual lenses, because that's what I encounter so often when it comes to people believing in a certain way. Like God is so big and massive that you have super smart people studying Him, dedicating their whole lives to it, and then coming up with two completely different conclusions about major things mm-hmm. concerning God. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, never, never to return. They get you get on the track, you go down that yeah. track, you reinforce it forever, and even when the evidence is so clear, you just find a thinner, squirrelier way of not having to acknowledge it. That's right. really bad. And I like mean, Toby I mean, said, it, it makes Christians look bad. It makes Republicans look bad. It makes leftist people look. Bad. It makes everybody look bad. Like, I mean, because- here's what's crazy, is, and, and something that I've realized recently too. I'm glad that I did my seminary studies, but. The whole approach, uh, like a, a, a common theme in the coursework was basically there are things in the Bible that don't make sense. There are seemingly uh, contradictions in it, but there is a way to rationally explain and uh, validate the Bible in every single one. And then they'll say something like, here's four examples. I mean, a lot of people say when blah, 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 blah. Well, here's why and all that. And now I realize, especially through listening to other people, uh, mainly Peter Enns, I just finished uh, his his book uh, on incarnation and the Bible and all of that. And it's just like, no, it is just a given that there are problems in the Bible that you cannot mm-hmm. figure and out. And that's a and good yet we thing to accept. Stu- yes. You have to accept course. that because then you've, if not, you've entered, you're a dumb person that just believes the Bible's simple like it is in vacation Bible school when you're four. You can be immature or dumb or ignorant, whatever way you want to say that, which 
is reasonable, but don't choose to be that way. Or you can be dishonest and say, even in the face of this evidence and the fact that I know that that doesn't make sense and I wouldn't accept it from anybody else's text, I'm going to proceed here and grandstand and say, but God is God. He's bigger. Like you're ignoring something instead of just being an honest person, acknowledging it doesn't make sense or I was wrong about it. And then you can move on. That's, I mean, I used to have to be able to do that. I used to actually say that the Bible is true because it says that it's true. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> that is the most horrible, unscientific, circular reasoning ever. But a lot of Christians, I've heard Driscoll say it, the, what the Bible says about itself is true. Well, okay, you can believe that. That's fine. But you can't pawn that off as like right. absolute truth either. Yeah, to not to not acknowledge the circularity. I mean, there could be some val- validation to it. Like, what does it say in? You know, it, it says in the. I mean, it does. You can make an argument there, but you have to acknowledge that there's some the circularity of the argument at least, right. basically. So, right. you know, if you think about it, and Peter ends the sin of certainty is the other book that, that he. You know, his other book, I guess, before the one you wrote, and that's the same thing. Like, the more you're certain, you got to be worried about that. And I would go so far as to say this, and tell me if I'm thinking wrong. When it comes to belief systems or very strong stuff that really seems to be of consequence or identity level, like deep stuff, the more certainty that you have, you're probably at risk of and harming others more so. Do you know what I'm saying? The, The more certain you are of the rightness of you and your group's view without a doubt follows the amount of harm you must be doing to other people. Is that a stretch? Yeah. No, no, I don't think that's a stretch at all. You, I mean, so like, for instance, Spanish, the Inquisition, or, you know, I'm so sure about gay this that they should all be sent to an island because we know it'd be better. You know, whatever mentality that you take that you're very sure about is matter of factly got to be marginalizing people that disagree with you. And you feel like the stronger you believe it, the more you're willing to do to defend it. And the more the outcomes are of your unbelievably certain view that surely, you know, I mean, but everybody thinks they're right. So what are you going to do? Yeah. And, and honestly, I think the, uh, you know, when, when you talk about scripture and the LGBT community and how the two interact, I really think that the scariest part for Christians when it comes to entertaining the idea about, oh, possibly these guys are, are these guys and girls are living according to God's will with their uh, sexuality and being with the same gender. I think the scariest part for that is, hey, I believe this way my whole life, and this this weighs into the integrity of the of God's word that I've based my whole existence on that I've believed in. And I understand that fear for sure. Yeah, but I, I, for sure. I think I think that's the scariest thing of letting go of stuff is when it threatens everything you believe. I mean, I, I yeah, of course. Like, like seriously, when I remember the first time I read literature on the fact that uh, hell may not be eternal conscious torment and how uh, the Gehenna and, and all that stuff. And as happy of a belief that would be for eternal conscious torment not to be true, it scared me yeah. because I was like, what if nothing I believe is true? Right. I want hell to be true right. because well, then one I thing don't too, know what I'd do. Because you well, know deep too, down that all of your views don't actually add up if you put pure scrutiny like you would expect of something else to it. You know there's problems there. That doesn't mean yeah, nothing's yeah. true about it. It just means there are problems there that were not acknowledged. You're not fully integrated. You're not being fully intellectualized with yourself. Those are scary things to face. 
Well, one thing is that we it might be just a human condition too, but we naturally think, just like you were talking about hell, that when there is change, it potentially is m- most likely evil or wrong right. or bad. Like yeah, to, because, to, because you, you were certain you it was doing right the in the thing. first place. Right. And, and you were able to hold on to that, so changing that changes your whole worldview, and then it means you got a lot of work to do if it just stays the same. Like, I mean, there are tons of things. Like, there's tons of things coming that spiritually or religiously or, or whatever, maybe it's morally, are going to challenge us. Like the idea of like even like Bitcoin. When I was a kid, one world money or one world, all this stuff was always tied and still is in a lot of ways to evil and sin and stuff like that. So the idea of using different types of money or a money that goes across borders or whatever it might be, might be a sign of the devil, 666. Yeah. I, I bet somebody's even looked at that and somewhere on Well, they thought Bitcoin, that about the euro when they, when they made right. the yes, euro it, in yes, the 90s. Yes, 100%. You're exactly right. Or the idea of, of you know getting rid of something that's failing. Like what, a lot of, like there's a decent a really good chance probably that our government is so corrupt and bad that we might need to be run differently. Like maybe America will should look differently and be run in a different way rather yeah. than this, this political system we have, but we hold on to a thing so tightly because it seems evil or wrong or very scary to let go. So I do want to give people a little bit of a break. I understand. Sure. And, and even how we got into this, like it, Joey says that a little bit casually now, like, you know, about hell, but that was a huge turning point in your life to be able to go i'm going to think critically about mm-hmm. what the bible says what i think about god what god i feel like is telling like that wasn't just something like i understand that it can take a while but if you wouldn't have done that then you would have gotten nowhere you would have said no this is it and then so you would have had no growth no wrestling with god nothing yes. so out of the change out of like uh-oh i'm presented with new information what do i do it's uncomfortable real growth comes yeah right matt you said this the other day we were talking about somebody and you said it's crazy that when you actually decide to do something and change something mm-hmm. in your life, whether that be moving, whether it be a new job, whether it be uh, losing weight, whatever it might be, um, it really does uh, kind of snowball and start really good changes in other parts of your life too. And it, it, it makes other people notice the change and maybe they want to change or change with you or whatever it might be. It's kind of neat that, like like you were saying, though, it's, it's not immediately evil or wrong or bad. Not all change is good, I agree. Not just g- well, not getting rid of something that's always been is a good idea, but it, we should at least wrestle with it and think about it. If we don't, we're going to stay exactly the same and never grow. We will not grow. We'll become stagnant. Well, yeah. I got more thoughts on it, but and I will tell you them but this okay. is all about seeing things clearly and we'll talk more about seeing yes. things clearly but the best way to see things clearly is make sure you have your contacts correct or your glasses that's or whatever right. it is and that's where hubble comes into play do you know one thing i always run out of or i tear or rip or break at the worst possible time contacts i have i'm almost legally blind <laughs> a lot of people don't know that if you see me when i wear my glasses it is insane. I've been wearing contacts for, man, two decades, almost three. It's insanity. That's why Hubble is so awesome for people like me, and I think you folks listening are just like me. Aren't you tired of overpaying for uncomfortable contact lenses or having those lenses that you overwear to try and kind of save money? You know what I'm talking about. What if I told you that you can get a fresh pair of lenses for every single day for less? 60 contacts for $30. Do the math. That's $1 a day, folks. This is half the price of other brands. All you got to do is go to HubbleContacts.com and get your first two weeks free. Quality daily lenses for half the price of the other guys. Contacts are expensive because four companies control 97% of the market until now. 
Thank you, Hubble. Hubble sells directly to you so they can offer contacts for half the price. Okay, folks. Go to Hubble, that's H-U-B-B-L-E, contacts.com to get your first two weeks of lenses for free. That's 15 pairs of lenses for free. You really can't beat, beat this deal. Hubble is offering our listeners two weeks of free contacts. So, that's H-U-B-B-L-E, contacts.com. Hubblecontacts.com, get 2020 vision for half the price. Okay, Toby, so... I th- go Toby, ahead. I think what you, what you were saying, too, a second ago, people being allowed to question things and learn and change is actually going to benefit the church as a whole, like strengthening the church. Mm-hmm. Like uh, one, one point that Pete ends, we need to get him back on, by the way, one point that he was driving home is how tragic is it when someone who says, I'm a Christian, I love Jesus, I'm dependent on him, he's my savior, and there's some things in the Bible that aren't lining up, and instead of having blind faith, I'm thinking, huh, maybe there are some conflicts in the Bible that can't be explained, and those people are ostracized and shunned and seen as rebels. But I think... I do think the church is turning around to open the door wider for more questions and, uh, you know, a wider way of looking at the Bible, too. And I think as a whole, it's just going to make the church stronger. I mean, because if you think about it, right now, our ch- uh, church has been so reliant on apologetics, uh, modernism, and, and basically being able to explain away everything. That's very uninviting to someone who has a different perspective. They say, okay, well, I don't have a part here at this at this church. I can't associate with organized religion because mm-hmm. I, I don't fall in line with their mainstream beliefs. So right. I, I think the church as a whole is not only going to grow numerically, and these are people that put their faith in Jesus, but I also think that it's going to be stronger. Well, yeah, you're doing a disservice because you start to become, you know— putrid smelling to the outside world when they obviously know the behavior of of not questioning not policing your own not taking care of you know that there's some stinky dirty stuff in there and eventually it begins to smell and everybody can see it and smell it so that's where christianity is at right now it's like not enough uh taking ownership of being intellectual honest with yourself and those things and it is it does have to do with change so i'll say a couple more things about change just like your view (laughs) i tell you what's a good expression of it is it's like when you get that pop-up on your computer, it says, new software, you need to update. And you go, try tonight. Later. Later. Right. And it, it, of course, you don't want to do it then. You don't want to do it now. And then imagine if that, that software came with a ton of fear, like it might not work with your programs. You might not be able to work. You, maybe the podcast, you know, imagine if there was a bu- bunch of really bad repercussions from updating software, possibly. But it, Nonetheless, otherwise you're still operating on Mac OS 7 because you were scared, you know, 10 years ago to upgrade operating system. That's where people yeah. are still. It's like, I've been afraid to upgrade the operating system for, for a decade. Now we're running Pro Tools 6.3, you know, something like that. And that's partly because it's obviously it's difficult to change. It's hard to change and it's scary. And, and software is actually a good analogy for, for you know, society like your hardware your brain and things you know are software and then your operating system is kind of like society i think that's kind of helpful to think of but people 
always resist change. I mean, think about uh, if you got to fire somebody, you should break up with somebody. Like even things that you know are going to be good and are true, you don't want to change them. Not to mention investigate things that if they are true and you change them, there could be bad outcomes because there's a bunch of resistance to change from other people. So your social systems and your family set up a certain way. So imagine going to tell, imagine if Priscilla comes to you and says, I don't believe anymore. I'm not sure we should raise our kids to believe in God. Well, she would have double motivation not to, first of all, that'd be bad. It'd be scary. She doesn't want to say that. And it would create terminal oil you know but so those are the things that you'd be scared of but she actually said that two years ago and i said keep your damn mouth shut or i'll shut it for you <laughs> well i think that's actually yeah. science mike's story basically it's all you could put been. it that way like he went to his wife and you know it was whatever that's part of his yeah. his whole story going that way oh that's what happened to dave bazan michael yep. gunger i mean all these lit- liturgical folks yeah well i'm not advocating that people stop i'm, I'm just advocating that people you know, be will. First of all, you got to embrace change. Like just on simple stuff. Like I tell, I, I say this all the time. There's, I, I know that change is coming. I don't know if we'll do this podcast in five years. That doesn't sound reasonable to me. And I have no clue what's coming next. So change is scary. Change is dangerous. People don't like it, but it's going to happen no matter what. Nothing stays the same. It won't stay the same. So you only have one choice. Are who's driving? So I know right. change is going to happen. I hope I'm the one driving. That's it. Or right. you can be passive, and then it's, whatever's going to happen to you is going to happen to you. Whatever you have right now, your faith, your beliefs, the dynamics of your family, the job you have, the relational structures, all, nothing, none of that is going to stay the same. None of I mean, it. It's going reform, to change. Who's going to be driving is all you want to know. The Reformed Pubcast guys, they're now deists. I mean, they truly believe that God just, you know, made everything and just left it alone. I, mean, I haven't heard that name in a long time. I guess those guys are doing good. I wonder if they'll ever come back on our podcast. No, they, they hate probably, us. We're, they, we're, they, they, we're, they don't hate. They would say they wouldn't say they hate. They'd say strongly disagree or something, right? Is that what they would say? Like, no, I, they, they, think, they think they think we're heretical and and pretty dangerous. Though. No, we're, we're dangerous, dangerous, right? Oh yeah, hell yeah, we're dangerous. Dangerous, yeah. Maybe the, what if okay. they're right? Like, what if yeah. we're really we're really wrong? And we've anybody listening to this right now is screwed. Yeah, we're yeah. we're gonna be Shad Matt, Shadrach Meshach and Abednego without the fourth person. We're just gonna be thrown in. <laughs> straight in. So let's think of some other stuff. I mean, I didn't know this. Isn't, I was trying to connect to other stuff that you were talking about before, Joey. It was interesting, but. Uh, there's probably some link here between thinking of stuff changing and also even to the degree where you look back at your own history or our collective history and try to justify or rationalize it too, right? You yeah, see I that mean, same thing as being a problem? No, I, well, yeah, for sure. We, I, I was listening to a, I, I guess I will not say who the politician was. Yeah, actually, I'll say the dude's name. His name's Tim Scott. He's a Republican in South Carolina, and he just made a really good point when all this stuff was happening in Charlottesville. Uh, and, and, and I'll explain real quickly, too, how my thoughts even progressed more. But he basically said, look, we have progressed because there's a lot of people that are saying, man, we, we're not even past the 60s. I mean, we're just as bad off as, as they were with racism and segregation. And, you know, people are just more closeted. And here's, the, here's their true hearts. You can see it coming into play with, with Charlottesville. And he said, no, actually, in 2017, you have many people of all colors that are crying out against this, that are standing up against it, whereas back in the day, you did not have that. Like, you had people Correct. that just pretty much just went with the flow and everything. So I, th- I was thinking just how 
offensive it is when Christians actually refer to the 1950s, so to speak. I'll, I'll use that. And they say the good old days where people weren't so sexually promiscuous and when everybody knew the truth about homosexuality and how it was a, a sin. And and my mind immediately goes to, yeah, when segregation was at its worst, when people saw blacks as less than human, when they had to go to different schools, when their life, lives were threatened. I mean, the the young man who, the 12-year-old that got beat to death for calling a white woman attractive. I mean, those are the good old days. I mean, that's super offensive. And I think it what it really plays into is just how categorical Christians are with the sins that they think are just so horrible, like sexual promiscuity, which, by the way, people were sexually promiscuous in the 50s. It just yeah. wasn't as, as acceptable, so nobody that's, was talking yeah. about it. But how it dare we overlook even worse seeing a whole race of people as less than human. I mean, yeah, I mean if you just had to make a straight trade, say you're going to go live in a society somewhere else, remote, far, and Middle Earth somewhere, just some other realm, and you can choose yeah. one where people are uh, consentingly, legally do weird shit that you think is weird sexually, or one where races are completely oppressed. Both right. are bad. Both are super bad, by the way, you know. Obviously, they're not both super bad, but one is obviously really bad, and the other one is maybe not your preference to something. Yeah. Like, like which, which is a bit worse society? I mean, it's insane. Right. But if you would just trade those, I mean, most people, not most people, many people, many conservative types would choose. They don't. They wouldn't set in that thought experiment. They'd probably get the answer right, but by their behavior, it seems like that's not really what they think. Like. They, they would accept more subjugation and oppression of people of color than they would private individuals doing sexual yeah. stuff that they don't like that are not Christians. Totally. I mean, <laughs> w- when, when, I hear, when I hear somebody say, yeah, the good old days in the 50s, I, my response is always going to be, oh, you mean when the black people weren't allowed yeah. to be in school with the white people? Is that mm-hmm. the good old days that you're referring to? It's just, it's, well, it's you offensive. know what? There's a counterpart to that that's future, too. So you want to go a different direction. Let's talk about technology in the future and why people are scared of that. Was that fit? Oh, I'm scared of that. No, okay. I don't want to well, go people, there. That's the same thing. It, it literally is the same <laughs> thing. Kidding. People want to say, no, I know. I know you're just kidding. I'm saying people want to say it was good this time. It's good now. We're scared of this. We're scared of this. We don't want that to happen. But again, it's going to happen. You better get with it and be part of it, guide it in control because it's going to happen. So, I, you know, I saw already. This is why I hope one day, one day, people will listen to me. I don't expect it to ever happen, but one day I wish people would listen to me. I got sent a few articles um, about something that I've talked about a decent amount. In fact, I've gotten to an argument with somebody on Twitter. Uh, I won't say who it is. I'll. Save them the personal inclusion here, but you know who you are. Um, The end of the end of typing. The internet's next billion users will use video and voice. Okay, which is just the best news in the world to me because there's nothing I hate more than typing, and there's almost nothing I love more than language, except for the written part of it. I despise. I'm not saying it didn't have its utility for the last few thousand years, but I'm glad we can move on past it. So reading and writing, less important. Now, that's a horrifying thought, and I understand why people reject that, because that sounds, what, scary, of course. Yeah, I'm not, very scary. And I'm not calling to Archaic. not teach your kids to read or type or anything like that, of course. But you got to face the reality here. Like, text is so dumb. I mean, it's reading. I'm not good at reading is why I don't like it. I'm, I have personal biases against it. But, man, how good is that going to be 
to use verbal language and not have to be tied to texting and thumbs and reading and the stupid written language we have with the rules are so stupid. All this stuff, we're moving past it. There, I mean, all the developers and everything now are moving in this direction of, we'll just design it so some kid in South Africa can just pick up some piece of technology and tell it what it wants to do and it'll tell it how to do whatever it wants to do. That's what <laughs> we're going to do. That's going to be good. I mean, we I was doing, working with a podcast and putting it on Alexa. So get this. It's going on Amazon Alexa. I'm going to do this with BC Pod 2. I'm going to try at least. You can access Alexa, write a little program for it so somebody can walk into a room and say, hey, Alexa, play BC Pod episode 32, and it will. Wow. Okay? You don't have to... Yeah. And, and so now, not... Now, even the developers and the APIs and the back ends of these things are people working in this world where, of course, they know how to read and write. Duh. But they're doing they're doing it in this whole other way. Like they're designing for stuff that won't even involve text. Go look at your Netflix inter- interface. Look at the Hulu interface. Yeah, I guess there's text on it, but barely. It's it's just not the way it's going to be. So uh, well, traditional totally people agree. are going to want to hold on to reading and writing. And the worst case of all that frightens the shit out of me is people that want to avoid letting their kids use technology. So I'm big on I've, I've officially switched to Georgia's number one focus being reading, but just the only reason I wanted to learn reading and writing immediately and fast is so that she'll have quicker and faster access to the internet itself. So she can get, so she'll be able to type in a thing or find the thing she wants or know what it is just, just so that she can have access to the, the open internet. She needs a little bit of text to get there. But other than that, I'm glad for a future with less of it. Well, I see the big problem is it'd be okay. Number one problem is, uh, People like you never shut the fuck up. (laughs) So when it's just audio, it's going to be horrific. Like if I have to get an audio message from Matt, I just ain't going to listen. (laughs) I mean, it's going to be four four minutes of just holy shit, and I gotta then I gotta screen through, push the the play button all the way, (laughs) scroll across to get to any good information. But I am honestly totally there with you. Like I've been noticing, I, I like it. I did not realize I'd started even doing this. Until the other day, I was like, wait a minute. Wait, I do this all the time. I always now do uh, talk to text. Mm-hmm. I'll hit the record button, uh, say what I need to say, and then I'll scan it when it, for any mistakes. But I do that all the time now because it's faster, more efficient, even with the mistakes. So once the mistakes are gone, oh, yeah, and it can really tell what's going on. Like I, I actually... I don't think written word is going away, and I don't think that's what you're saying. Like no, I, I appreciate getting text. Well, you have to read stop signs. <laughs> but there is so much time. There's so much wasted time for me going. I have to write this the right way so people don't think I'm mad or people don't think I'm too happy or I'm not. Or I'm being mean or whatever. Like it's so hard to convey emotion oftentimes through a short message, a written message. That if I could say it, uh, they I, I feel like I could just craft exactly what I want to say way better using my inflection and a nice tone or a mean tone or a happy tone, whatever it might be. It's, it is more efficient and it's going. With with the efficiency, that means that information will spread faster. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's going to be even faster in the future. Like reading an entire book is slower than uh, watching the movie, and you get you the movie might not be as good. That's what I'm saying. So uh, technology will have to figure out a way this that it's better. But if you're watching something solely for information, you can watch Moby Dick the movie and get you know most of it. You know maybe seventy five percent of of it. Uh, and get all that. So what I feel like what technology will do too is improve on that so that not only will you get information faster, more efficiently, they'll improve to where it is artistic. Yeah. It is better. You don't lose any of that stuff either. Well, like, the, I mean, 
do you do you guys think and and this may be a of course answer but do you guys think that if the internet was adequately and thoroughly explained to someone in 1985 they would have a knee-jerk reaction of, well, that couldn't be good. <laughs> no, of course we, they would. That's what they said then. I yeah. mean, that, that is the truth. That is, that is always the case. That's what I'm saying. This, they might this be right, ties too, back to cha- <laughs> Well, it, it doesn't matter because you can't keep it the way it is. So what I'm tying this back right. to is the impulse of, no, we're going to hunker down with whatever. You fill in the blank. Yeah. That's not good. It doesn't, you can't do that. It won't happen anyway. I mean, you, there's no holding on to anything, right? Isn't that like the way things go? It, it's going to change. So whatever you love... Forget it. <laughs> God, that sounds depressing, Not really. man. That's the, I mean, that's the, oh, the worst, this most cynical way to look at it. What I'm saying is what's going to happen, go participate. Go build it. Go be in it because it's going to be different. You're not, you can't just hunker down with what you like and already know. I know. It's really crazy. My mom came to visit in, in town, and uh, we were talking, and I, and I said, it is crazy. Like I, I make uh, part, uh, a decent check or a decent income from talking to my friends mm-hmm. like like that that never existed really i mean maybe there's a radio dj but that was, still wasn't what we're doing right now like this whole mm-hmm. podcasting thing came about it is a technology that was created and people realize oh it's good and it'll be like i mean that's what i'm saying like i, I grew up with even i mean i don't even remember i mean walmart was there but it wasn't as prevalent well like when growing up in Greece, like, way, like kmart and stuff like that and then walmart came along and then it's just the craziest biggest thing and it works so good and it's amazing that's going to go away. Like Amazon, you, if you said, wait, you'll order, you won't go to Walmart physically. You, it'll be online. That, that sounds like the most mm-hmm. futuristic thing in the history of the world to somebody in 1983. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now it's not. Now I do most of my shopping on Amazon. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, imagine, and it's only getting better. Yeah. Imagine telling someone in 1997 that Hollywood, Pick a Flick, and Blockbusters will not even exist 10 years from now. They'd be like, are you kidding me? Well, they would These say, well, some businesses. other stores better than them at VHS distribution is what would be their question. They wouldn't, you couldn't explain to them what Netflix is. You wouldn't be able, even though Netflix existed as a mail order thing. But um, yeah, that's just, that's just the way that is. But the weird thing about it is, I mean, none, you know, even like you say, podcasting, also, it's not going to stay. Even that's whatever's here now is not going to stay either. You know, it's just going to keep on changing. So, I mean, what would Virgil have said if you said, Dad, I know uh, I'm showing you this right now, but one day I'll be able to send you a dick pic. Direct. We won't have to like do what? this in person. Yeah. yeah, like you wouldn't have had to show your dad your wiener in person. You could have sent a dick pic, and he would have just texted back like a, a, an emoji. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a hey. thumbs up, you know, and an eggplant. Uh, uh, hey, can we, hey, can you never bring that up again? Um, do you, if I heard Virgil would a smiley face with an eggplant, <laughs> yeah. that would have just, you would have been so happy. <laughs> uh, I heard a couple things about Amazon. Y'all want to hear a couple of Amazon things that, that are possible, you know, possibilities Hell in the yeah. future? Uh, one Hell of them yeah. is, get this, it'd be, it's going to be the type of thing where Amazon may put, that once they get the drones going, cause it's all about localized shipping and getting this, uh, you know, all yeah. these trucks and they do all the delivery stuff now, but obviously that's one of the biggest hangups and costs and things that, that is the barrier. So obviously the drones and whatever they could do to make things more local in neighborhood and, uh, 
efficient that way they're going to do. Yeah. They may do something like, this is a possible type of future, not something I'm saying they are doing or you will for sure see, but the future will be kind of like this. Amazon will put a locker or a, let's say, refrigerator in your house that somehow a drone can access, okay? So half of your fridge is your groceries and stuff you put in it. The other half is kind of like a hotel mini bar, except for it's all algorithm-based stuff that it thinks you probably would like. And you just can take it whenever you want, and it'll charge you for it. And it'll stock the fridge for you with stuff it thinks Joey would like. And it's their fridge and their products wow. in it. And you can take it whenever you want to. And it, and it's probably picking the right things and can tell you're on keto diet and knows what ingredients you have and don't have. And it's going to go ahead and have them there for you without you even knowing. You just go to the refrigerator and it's there, not, yeah. not the website. And it will also be able to pull in and out and deliver it to people down the street instead of send a truck out from the headquarters. And, dang, and dang, it'll dang. even run its fingers through your hair yeah. and give you a BJ. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And they may drones even will start be sex growing. Drones. They may start taking your garage that you don't really use and put it a hydroponic, uh, organic food garden in there where yeah. it can grow indoors. And then the drones will come and pick the stuff, and you'll get fresh produce for letting it use wow. your thing for free. And they'll deliver it to your neighbors three and four blocks away. Also, local. Hey, you know, you know how you always, you know you always, how you always have inventions, and you say, "Here, you can take it. I'm not going to mm-hmm. do it." I had one the other day. You know, how, with like, like we we uh, Lyft is a sponsor for us. Mm-hmm. Airbnb, Matt, you do Airbnb. I thought the same thing. So many people don't use their garage. I can't believe there's mm-hmm. not an app to use your garage as cheaper space than a storage facility. That, they, that, like, that's know, a great idea. That's the type I mean, of, that, that's, that, what, that's yeah. a totally great idea. It's the same premise of I, Amazon. There, well, How productive we, we, can we, each yeah. resource we have be is, is, is the, we, what the like future is going to look like. We hardly ever park in our garage, and we just started doing merch for BC uh, Bad Christian and BC Supply. Jess and I are over, starting to oversee our merchandise and stuff that we ship. And I was like, man... I could store a lot of stuff in here for somebody else. And, it, you know, it would just be Airbnb for a garage. Now, yeah. you'll probably see it in the future, but I don't care. I, I, you might, I, it's a great I'm probably idea. not even the first person that thought about that. But so much space is wasted in your house for storage, and you're paying a ton at storage yeah. facilities. So you would build, in that case, lockers, a different size in your garage. Maybe you have five lockers that are 20 square feet each, and then you manage it. And then people from an app that live in your neighborhood can come over there, access it 24 hours with the code for your garage. and you just 100%. You know, and then that, it's half the price of a public storage yeah. storage unit. somebody could yeah, park their great. extra car their their nice car yeah. in there or whatever you know what i mean yeah. like and it's a free parking it. spot or yeah yeah, yeah. that's I mean, a great it, idea why wouldn't you do that you have a house with a garage that you don't use yeah yeah you know how i said the other day about mcdonald's like how absurd it is that the person's pushing the buttons on the screen and that's all they do and just flip the screen around let me do it and that person's yeah. job is gone um the other and this isn't exactly that about a job but even at the self-checkout now you know Something that's really hard for me that I that I think would have seemed like amazing thing in the past to the future now that you can self-check out and use the pen pad and do all this stuff. I find those things unbelievably frustrating. How slow they are, the chip reader. Uh, it asks you so many questions. You're like, oh, shit, yeah, I forgot. Yes, this amount's okay. Y- no, I don't want cash back. Y- here, you know, and you have to go through this whole thing and... um and I'm just sound like I'm just talking all good about Amazon, but Amazon's store here in Seattle already has computer vision, which means you walk into it, it computer recognizes who you are. You don't have to show your badge or ID. You grab what you want and leave the store, and it automatically charges your account. So now every, that I know that's there, every time I'm at the grocery store, even just doing the pin pad transaction, sitting there, this thing that feels like it's a couple years old and slow, just feels so silly. Like, yeah. like how fast are you going to go to? 
uh, Amazon's version of Whole Foods when the prices are decent and all you do is go in and go out and there's no lines. You don't have to wait in line. And, it, you know, it's already right. pays on your Amazon account and you get a discount because you're a Prime member. Like, they have Whole Foods. They're obviously going with this grocery stuff. Like, or you go to Safeway and you have to wait in line and do the pen pad and all this stupid stuff. So here it comes. I mean, this is this is stuff I, happening. I, I've now. been thinking too. No matter what, we always talk about our privacy is gone, but it is gone. Like there gone. will not be a place where there's not cameras, yeah. or recording of you yeah. or what you you're doing. You don't even assume or, that yeah. anymore, do you? You yeah. don't even assume privacy anymore, do you? Right. I mean, I in, think in your people house, do, you do and want in your it, house, but... not in public. You don't assume. Anything you do in public or anybody else's house, you don't really make, you shouldn't. You're silly if you make the assumption that it couldn't show up on video. Yeah, you're probably right. Like like we have a nanny at our house right now. What assumption does she have that I don't have Nest cameras and things? Uh, totally. like that? I mean, of course, I mean, there's no, why, why would she ever make that assumption that anything she right. ever does in my house I don't have video of? There's just no assumption of that, especially in public and traffic cams and body cams and everybody with their phones and devices. There's no assumption that you're not being videotaped. You're silly if you think you can do anything and say, is this on video? Just assume it is. Always. Yeah. Hey, do we got time for a little damn news? I got one going into this. That There's a company trying to stop some of this technology, I think. Yep. Let's hear it, man. In a world where you wish Virgil could have texted back, hashtag, that's my boy. Huge. My name's Toby Morrell, and this is the damn news. All right. Hey, want to give some shout outs to Glenn Newton, Richard Amador, Samuel Kennedy, Josh Harden, Solomon Campos, Tyler Nyland, Spencer Ayers, Kirk Harwood, Jake Spencer, Brandon Ray, these guys join thebcclub.com and are bringing you this damn news. Join the BC Club. It's the That's most right. happening club in town. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I I couldn't believe this when I saw it because I felt like this is a step back from technology. I, I, I consider this the first AI, the first company that really integrated AI into the world. Fisher and, Price? Uh, nope. And I just wanted to, I, I was like, I mean, it, it really captivated me, even Keebler. as a young fella. And now here we are seeing Fox News reports. Chuck E. Cheese Tatanka. bids farewell to animatronic band amid <laughs> renovations. I think that's the first AI mm-hmm. in my mind. Farewell. <laughs> this comes, I think I said Fox News. This comes from Fox. Farewell, Helen Henney and Mr. Munch. After 40 years in show business, Chuck E. Cheese's famed animatronic band is being shooed off stage in hopes of keeping the attention of the modern child the family restaurant chain is updating the in-store experience in seven southwestern locations by mixing the robotic musical performers by nixing the robotic musical performers reports cbs beginning in san antonio and kansas city uh, and in Mississippi uh, locations, the robots will, will be replaced by centralized dance floors where the kids can shimmy and shake with live action costumed characters. And I just feel like that's stuff like that. I guess that's what going back to what we were talking about. There is part of me that's like, no, you, you, that was really awesome. That was so great. It, what? Don't take that away from my kids. Like that's a part of you know. Mm-hmm. I used to think how cool it was. I was going to go there and see these robots in my yep. mind do do this crazy. They were a robot band yep. of animals. I mean, I just thought that was the coolest thing. And now it's gone, and I, I don't really <laughs> want to let go of it. I mean, <laughs> for live action characters, there's going to be a, a guy dressed up as Chuck E. Cheese dancing with your kids. That seems horrible. Why wouldn't they have just gone the other way? Like do better robots. 
Yeah, like I agree. Ones that do all kinds of stuff. I mean, I, I definitely think this is long overdue. Like the first time <laughs> I ever went to Chuck E. Cheese, I was five years old, and I remember thinking this is the most unbelievable thing ever. Now, when I take my kids to Chuck E. Cheese, which they like, I'm I'm shocked. They pay zero attention to these yeah. dumb little machines yeah. that are singing songs, and their lips aren't even in sync with the words. I mean, it's very very outdated. But uh, I I you know. It's uh, I agree with Toby. That was the beginning of AI because that gorilla behind those keys, holy cow! Good you could God. just look in his eyes. You could tell he was up to no. That's hard to good. understand. Like it doesn't look. It's the same technology. So why did it seem good then and so bad now? Like it's, it's like that TV thing. Like you remember when you got a, a Sony Trinitron TV in '96? You're like, well, right. looks like I'm at the game. Can't yeah. get any better than this. Good lord! Before I, HD came that. out, we had TVs that I thought, well. No reason to go to a game anymore. I, 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 d- dude, I can remember when I heard <laughs> HD the first time. I was like, what? How can it what, be better? What, what do you mean better than this? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. I said that. I'm not going to get an HDTV. Yeah, That's what It can't yeah. be any better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I don't even like it if my phone is a little blurry. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what I'm saying. Think about a pixel in the future. Like, well, you know what a pixel is, right? I mean, it, why would you anybody know what a pixel is in the future? Like, I mean, of course you'd know in terminology right. and technical sense, but what familiarity will Georgia ever have with looking at a pixel? None. She'll never see a pixel. <laughs> you <laughs> know what I mean? Like, she'll never see one. I mean, to this day, my kids <laughs> do not understand when we're watching TV in real time. They don't get the fact that we can't fast forward through the commercials. Like they're just yeah. like, why do we have to watch this? And then right. any show that they've ever seen on the TV screen, they think it just lives in there and they can watch it anytime. Like mm. there, right. there's there's times when I'm like, oh, this TV show is on. I bet you guys would like it. They think they can watch that any time. Of course, why I mean, they just you? there's there's things they just yeah. Do there's not almost understand. not a need for the term on demand. It's just that is what. Uh, entertainment is now. I mean, right. everything is just watch it when you want, listen to it, do what you want. And it's arguable I mean, I, whether there's even a reason to ground them in anything other than the new reality. Like, what amount do you want to make them conform to some old reality versus free them into the new one? That's the, that's. I just the think question, it's interesting. You know? totally. I, I do think it's interesting. But here's what I think is is remarkable: is technology is moving so quickly. The three of us. We could easily keep track with the past in that there was horse and buggies. We know what those old-timey telephones look like. We know what a switchboard looks mm-hmm. like. We know what old-school record players with the big old funnel looks like. Things are moving so fast, our kids can't even keep track of all that. I mean, no they, point, it, it, would take, it would take a whole course in college to go over all the stuff that they missed out on just from 1990 to 2005. Yep. And there's an opportunity I mean, cost of how much time do you want to spend learning that versus new things that you can learn right now that will matter. You know right. what I mean? Like it, right. you just you have, to, you have to take that opportunity cost into question. But, you know, obviously, from my point of view, people always... Kind of looking at that the wrong way, or the slow way, or the bias is to be too slow to adapt. I have some, I'm All right, well, let's let's end the episode with this. What year do you think all fifty states will have marijuana legalized? Because it is a booming business. I saw on the Today Show when I was waiting for my car to get an old change. Question. The 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 business that uh, Denver and Seattle. I mean, it is a multi billion dollar business, and it's just so socially acceptable now that oh, some totally. of the opponents are are scared for children, for it to be so accessible that a kid takes a piece of chocolate and they ha- have no mm-hmm. idea, which to me, that's just bad parenting. But still, 50 states all legalize what year, Toby? 
Uh, I'm going to take it one step further. I think that they might realize, and and the you know rightly so, they might even move to where like hemp becomes the new thing for paper and and building and all kinds of stuff. Like I think it might overtake because trees are so important and hemp is such a good product. Actually, that I think that might even become really huge. Like all paper products and stuff, I think might become that. So I think it's going to become really silly when you have. Uh, I would think within the next five years you'll have. I want to say maybe close to half already in the next five or six yeah, it's years. It's hard to say the totality the money, of 50 because it could but, be a holdout, yeah. but just say but I would say within majority 10 years, of states. In, in, in 10, 10 years, years yeah. all, all states will be, at very least, everybody will be medical marijuana no matter what. Yeah. And then, you know, for sure, I think recreational. It's just too much money and it's not as crazy and scary as everybody's told you it was. It right. is not yeah. as dangerous as alcohol. It's one of those things that will tip is. pretty quickly once people. Or at least no worse it. than alcohol. In fact, yeah. I would say it has less health risks than alcohol but yeah yeah. i think what about you joy what do you think um i i think uh, when i think about the south i could see it taking about 15 years i mean because some places southerners Southerners, we we, a lot of a lot of people around here they want to keep the confederate flag up but (laughs) don't don't be introduced to marijuana smoke inside in tennessee right i mean it's like whoa i thought we i thought that all happened together in in 2003 (laughs) but didn't right (laughs) um so there'll be some holdouts i'm sure but okay so i want everybody to please come and see mine and toby's band we play in a band called emory and we're going to be in memphis we're going to be in new orleans we're going to be in the state of texas including the houston show which has not been canceled so i don't know what that means at all but we're headed that way i hope it's in good shape maybe we can i don't know maybe we can help somebody and and don't forget as on our last episode anybody that joins the bc club this month we're giving your first month and we're double matching the amount that you join for to houston relief um through donorc.com through donorc.com that's right and maybe we'll be able to drop off some supplies or some cash well anyway i don't know what the situation is but uh i'm excited to kind of see it i don't know if that's bad to say i'm excited but i'm interested to go to houston uh we'll be dallas san antonio doing tour dates leaving on monday we'll be out there reeve will be with us it should be a lot of fun and we hardly ever get to memphis and new orleans so please come to those especially tickets are only ten dollars so get you a little, little rock yeah little rock arkansas that's the other one so thank you toby that's emorymusic.com you can buy the tickets Right from us. Join the BC Club at the bcclub.com. And uh, we'll tell you about some more stuff another time. But thanks for listening. Be blessed. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Hey guys, it's Reva. Yes, Reva. That Reva. The mystery female of Bad Christian. I know you guys have been curious to see what Matt and Toby's actual worship music sounds like, so I thought I'd give you guys a taste. Can you imagine how this sounds on vinyl? We got the test presses in the other day, and man, they're sounding smooth. Guess what, guys? You can watch a video for this song right now at mattandtobyband.com. What are you doing? Go watch it.
You can actually get this whole album at mattandtobyband.com or iTunes, wherever you listen to music. Keep an eye out for that Spotify, too. I'm going to stop interrupting now, but I've only got three things left to say. Sit back, enjoy the music, and go to mattandtobyband.com. Praise, praise the Father, praise the Son. Praise, praise the Father, praise the Son. 